It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. High School. Governor Greg Abbott says responding officers shot and killed him. And this morning, we're finally able to put faces to some of the victims. A Mary Jo Garza was in fourth grade. Her dad tells us she just turned 10 two weeks ago. Xavier Lopez was also a fourth grader. His cousin tells us Xavier's mom was at his award ceremony just an hour or two before the shooting, not knowing it would be the last time she saw him. Yeah. Annabelle Guadalupe Rodriguez was in third grade. Her family says she was in the same classroom as her cousin, who was also killed. And the grandfather of eight-year-old Uzia Garcia says his grandson these photos were taken in March while on spring break. And Eva Mireles has been identified as one of the two teachers who died. She was a mother and a wife and had been with the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District for 17 years. Wrestling fans, now you too can look as cool as Monty and the Pharaoh by wearing the official Monty and the Pharaoh sunglasses at night for $8.99 each. That's only $8.99 each. Now available at MontyandthePharaoh.com. We know what you're thinking. Did they fire off six fascinating points of interest or only five? Well, to tell you the truth, in all the excitement of watching and listening to Long Island's number one wrestling podcast, I've actually forgotten myself. But being this is the Monty and the Pharaoh. 
from indie music studios in Ron Conklin. And the fact that they were talking to yet another champion wrestling star, one of the most powerful and talented performers from the wrestling franchise, and not to forget, well-informed and provocative interview questions asked and answered. It was such an interesting and entertaining hour, the questions nearly blew your head clean off. Now you've got to ask yourself the question, do I feel lucky? Do you, punk? What? Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. I'm, no, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey. This is Jimmy Farrow from Monty and the Farrow, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed... 14,000 on our YouTube channel. But I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Pharaoh. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later. Welcome to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen only here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ron Konkama, Long Island. At the board is our producer, Jared. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. How are you doing? All right. Good to see you. You know one thing I like about Jared? He's always on time. Always on time. You're early. Gotta love it. On time. Good man. So, Farrow, on Saturday, May 14th, uh, a gentleman by the name of Andre McNeil woke up excited about what his day was bringing. He was picking up a special birthday surprise gift for his uh, cake for his grandson when he entered a supermarket. Did you know Andre McNeil? Not before what happened after the supermarket visit. Andre McNeil, 53, was among the 10 black people killed at the Topps Friendly Market. When alleged white supremacist Peyton Gendron, 18, opened fire Saturday afternoon. 18 years old, and he already thinks he knows. Uh, how do you even formulate that sort of? Who sculpted this uh, this piece of hate, by the way? Too. What was his upbringing? So many things that come to mind. Complete lunatic. You know, um, people don't ask for things like this. I- I'm almost speechless. Uh, you know, I heard Steve Kerr uh, after a uh, during an interview before a professional NBA game go completely ballistic about how we've grown numb to it. I feel like we see it every day. I don't know where the line gets drawn. Um, just going shopping, and you're dead because somebody hates the color of your skin. It's massive insanity. Well, if it doesn't get any worse than that, on May 24th, parents drop their children off at a Texas school 
But they did not know this would be the last time they'd see their children alive again as they were gunned down by the gunman, another 18-year-old who was reportedly shot and killed by officers responding to the, to the, uh, the scene. Texas school shootings, death toll has risen to 21, including 18 children. Who shoots kids? Who shoots kids? I mean, what kind of... I can't anymore, dude. I mean, you you ask me week after week to address things that are very uncomfortable, and this is just this is just pushing pushing the limits of what we've been forced to accept. Why are we Why are we accepting any of it? What What can we do about it? Can we do anything about it? I mean, we have laws in place. Are they practiced? Even if the laws were in place, would it stop people from getting guns? I'm such a realist, pessimistic piece of shit. Sometimes I don't think it would stop a damn thing. I don't know. I I don't know. Well, we found out just today the husband of Irma Garcia, she was one of the teachers that were killed Mm -hmm. out of that school. Mm -hmm. Her husband dropped out of a heart attack. So leaving their four children with no parents. Grief and shock. Where do you draw the line? Where does it stop? You know, when, when Columbine happened, it was a big shock, but it seems like there's a Columbine every week now, and nothing is... I don't understand it. I actually heard this doesn't happen anywhere else in the world on this sort of level. If that's true, what is wrong with us? What have we become? I don't know, Jimmy. It's a it's a really it's a really hard question and very troubling. It's hard to do an entertaining show when things are like this going on in the world. Look, you know, I'm a former military guy. Yeah. Two combat tours. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I believe and love this country. Yeah. I believe in the uh, Second Amendment, right? Mm-hmm. I believe in your right to bear arms. I have for a very, very long time, even through the Columbines, sure. even through things that we've seen. But i got to tell you, this uh, these last two weeks have shook me to the core. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to say that I defended this country watching what's happening in this world right now. Um. You know, I saw you mentioned here, too, from John Lennon to Columbine, and how do we make a change? It's funny you mentioned John Lennon here in the uh, the notes, the liner notes. My my pop was a very optimistic man. He wanted to live to be 100. Unfortunately, he stopped at 73. He loved life, loved life, and he loved peace. I don't know where he would be today with the way things have changed and the way the world is now, but he used to say to me, and I used to think to myself, you're absolutely nuts, but when we talk about what's been going on these past couple of weeks, maybe my dad might have been onto something, whether it's realistic or not. He felt that the only people that should have... Listen, I don't want to cut you off. I just... That's fine. Luis Rodriguez saying the, the mics are cutting out there, Jared. They're okay? Okay. All right, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I want people to hear what you have to say. My father said in a perfect world, now he wasn't saying that, you know, in absolutes. He said in a perfect world, the only people in a a governed society that should hold any sorts of firearms are the soldiers to defend our our lines and and police officers. He felt that everybody else shouldn't have a gun. You know, I don't know what to say about that. I know some people enjoy hunting and and eat the food that they get, and they're perfectly responsible with their guns, so... It's, I, I guess it's such a mess. I don't know where you draw the line with all of this. You don't want to take away a gun from someone who's responsible with it. But look at what's going on. And would background check enforcement really change anything? If a bad person wants to get a gun, he's going to get a gun. So I don't know where this all stops unless we start lynching these people live on television. Slowly, we'll start with a fingernail. 
How about start you know, off? How I about mean, start off by supporting the police. Of course. How about we start there? That would be a nice thing, right? That would be a very nice basic thing to start with. I completely agree. Cop tells me to do something, I'm doing it. But that's me. You I know? watched President Biden get on his on his stand on Tuesday, saying this doesn't happen. What in any other countries? I'm I'm hearing a lot of. That. I think Joe Biden needs to look in the mirror a little bit too. Sure. Right. Explain. So I'm, Please. you know. You're, you're the leader of the free world. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for what's happening in this free world. I agree. Whether, you're, whether you have any direct knowledge or anything else, you are held mm-hmm. responsible. Yeah. And again, this has been going on for years and years and years. Uh, look, right. we're, we were pro-Trump guys. It happened during Trump's reign. Sure. Right? It happened during it, – but it's getting worse yeah, and it is. worse it and is. worse. It and doesn't, it's out right. of control. I agree. But what do they do to stop it? What can be done to stop it? Was well, there, did Steve Kerr have a point when he said that there, there, there's 50 senators blocking, you know, inspecting and, 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 and background screening checks and stuff? Is it, does that change things? I somehow don't what? think it would. We're going to ask our guest that right after commercial break. Sure. But first, I'd like to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty Nefaro owned Jimmy Farrow, along with his partner, Bart Griggs. Make up the band Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life Not Far Behind, and Here Comes the Rain. Go see Eusteria with Stereo Hall on the YouTube page. Hit like and subscribe. Hear them on Spotify, Apple Music, and Reverb Nation. If you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. You can catch Monty Nefaro on the Monty Nefaro YouTube page, Facebook Live page. Hear us on Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio. Catch us on the Monty Nefaro Twitch TV page. Catch us on New York Cable Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 and Saturday at 11.30 where we go head-to-head with Saturday Night Live and Channel 20. On Tuesdays at 1 a.m., where over 100,000 people are watching us weekly. We want to thank Amazon Music for giving us the opportunity to put this wonderful show where we can entertain the masses. I know, guys, this has been a rough couple of weeks, and it's really hard to laugh and joke about it. And we've got a lot of real serious things to talk about. But we'll be right back with what we're calling, in all our lives, there is a fall from innocence, a time after which we will never be the same, and we're welcoming guest John Mulrooney. We'll be right back. See you in a sec, folks. drink. Yeah, it's that good. <laughs> oh, what's up, Mike? Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? Yeah, not that much. You know, Jimmy, I love this country. Oh. I love to buy Made in America material, and I love to buy my artwork at TAG, T-A-A-G, Made in America, 14 East Broadway, Port Jefferson, New York. 11717, the shop at the corner. You want to star in your own success? Call QuickCast, www.quickcast.com, 8667-CAST-NOW. That's 8667-CAST-NOW, QuickCast. Star in your own success. 
All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Montana Farrow, seen only here out of Indie Music TV, where we welcome our special guest, Mr. John Mulrooney. How are you, John? How are you? Dude, thanks for the happy intro. Oh yeah, nothing, you know, nothing like leading you right into this, right? Yeah. I got an idea. Let's play Schindler's List and read six million names. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, you guys know how to warm up a crowd. Oh, and man. now, oh, comedy... School shootings, death everywhere. Hey, John, what's funny today? <laughs> yeah, tell us a joke, John. Dude, you know what, though? That is exactly, that gallows humor is exactly what, what gets people through this. When 9-11 happened, my brother was in charge. He was a uh, NYPD, re retired off the job, 23 years on the job. Well, we say retired. They say caught on camera. <laughs> <laughs> he was in charge of the special projects in the NYPD, and so all of the heavy moving equipment for the NYPD was – he was down there with their bucket trucks and their bobcats and their front loaders and everything. And as a com, I was working radio in Cleveland at the time, and I actually was on the air when the second plane hit the tower because I'm a private pilot. Someone came running in and said, hey, man, a plane just hit – you know, one of the towers in the World Trade Center and watching it, and they said, well, we're in a Europe pilot. What's going on? And so I'm explaining, like, some aviation overspeak, you know, and then, bang, the second one hits, and, and everybody, the, 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 the world went, <gasps> but as a comic, I thought, I wonder how long it's going to take before the jokes start flying, mm. right? Mm -hmm. It was about 30 hours. Really? My, I got my brother. Now, this was kind of cool because he was working down at you know, Ground Zero. They were calling it the pile at the time. Sure. And I, and I was talking to him live. So we were getting live reports. There weren't a whole lot of news sources that were getting that, that kind of intel. And I got him on the phone. <laughs> He's such a sick bastard. I get him on the phone. I said, I said, Mike, so what's going on? What's going on? He goes, hey, John, you're not going to believe it. They just found another 1,700 bodies in the pile. I said, what? He said, yeah. He goes, and here's the weird part. I said, there's a weird part? He said, yeah. He said, they all had blue eyes. I said, blue eyes? He said, yeah, one blue this way, one blue that way. Oh, my Lord. And so I... Oh, my Lord. And I said, my first reaction was, oh, my Lord. Right. And then I went, what? <laughs> because the release... Well, of course. Here's of course. a guy. What are you going to say to a guy? The nervous release. Who's, he, right. It, sure. It, it wasn't... It was a... Let me check that. It was a thankful release okay. because he here he was working down there. I mean, he was literally digging friends of his sure. out of the quote-unquote pile. Understood. Here I am on the air trying to find that happy middle ground. What else are you going to do? Mm. You have to find mm -hmm. something to laugh about, something to connect with humanity in order to make it work. What's George Carlin's famous line? And I love this. It's not so much comedy as it is poetry. He said, you know why they call it the American dream? He said, because you have to be asleep to believe it. Mm. And not only that, it's, remember, dreams can become nightmares. And guess what? That's what happened to the American dream. Right. It turned into a nightmare. But you know how we're going to get through it? By being able to make jokes about it, by being able to break down these boundaries. That's why I had to go with the obvious. You guys just opened up the show with some pretty heavy stuff. And now comedy. Right. Coming at you. <laughs> hey, John, make, make us laugh with all this death and destruction going on. All right, I'll make you laugh. But you know what? It's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. It's going to push a lot of buttons. But you know what's worse than having your buttons pushed? Having them installed. Ah. Uh -huh. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Who installs them? Excellent. You do. Right. All right. People come over and go, you can't say such and such to right. me. I don't say anything to you that you're not saying already to yourself inside your head. Gotcha. Yep. Nobody talks to you the way you talk to you. John, being a comedian, though. Not now. Hold on. I'm still talking to him. Does okay. he always interrupt like this? What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with him? We're on a... See, comedy. You Wait a see minute, how, did you pay him? You see, hey, Scott all. That's the comedian, right? Yes, I'm not a funny guy. Farrow's a funny guy. I'm not, not a funny okay. guy. Leave my looks out of this. Go I'm ahead. not, uh, you know. But Sorry. what is going over the line as a comedian? Uh, you know what? I don't think there's a line anymore. There's a circle. Okay. Yeah, okay. and it, it's, it has to be drawn around all of us, mm. you know, and the circle has to pull people in. And that's, that's, the, that's the whole point. We we are in such uncharted territory. Comedians have become not only the new poets of the of our society; they've become our new trusted news sources. Right? Dig Joe Rogan. Okay. Mm. I I started out with Joe Rogan 30 years ago, and he was uh, you know telling stanky pussy jokes. And now he's got more cred, right? right. He's got yeah. more cred than oh, yeah. Anderson Cooper. Yeah, well, yeah. And, yeah. and rightly, rightly so at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Look at Russell yeah. Brand, you yeah. know? Oh, thank you for tuning in, you 5.6 amazing awakening wonders. And every 5.6 million, not that there's 5.6 people, but every <laughs> you, time I see, <laughs> I, when I watch his program, mm-hmm. I know that he's at least trying to give me what he believes to be the truth. And here's the beauty about guys like Rogan and guys like you and even what I am going to try to do on, on, on my new show, which will be on this network. It's called Toe to Toe. Excellent. It's, and, the, and the log line is uh, uncom, uh, excuse me, common sense conversation in uncommon times. My goal or my, my purpose at this time, function, whatever, however you want to describe it, is to do, do exactly what they're doing. Show up, pay attention, tell the truth. This is what I see and think is going on. If I'm wrong, call me on it. If you don't like it, call me on it. I might not give a shit, but call me on it. We'll have a discussion. It's open to debate. Let's talk. Because everything right now is is being shaken up like a snow globe. And rightly so. This great reset that these jackasses mm. are trying to force upon humanity mm. is a cosmo- cosmological great awakening that they're trying to steal. And guess what? It ain't going to happen. Because you know why? There's guys like me, and there's guys like you, and there's patriots out there listening to shows like this, and they fucking had enough. Okay? And if you didn't like the joke I made or the one my brother made about 9-11, this is America. Fuck you. You don't like it? I get to say fuck you. And when you see me, you get to say the same thing to me. There you go. There you Isn't go. it lovely? Yeah. Or we can hug and go, I guess we made a mistake. Or, or you can go buy a rifle and go shoot a whole bunch of people, right? <laughs> yeah. oh. Or we can hug and fuck. Right, well. That's the, be- <laughs> that's the better alternative. So did you ever think you would show Jeez. up on a pro wrestling show? Hold on a second. I wonder if I could fuck a rifle. Oh, <laughs> That's what I'm... That'd be a blast. <laughs> <laughs> now you're funny? We're 11 minutes into the show. I'm you sorry. finally came up with a joke? Uh, yeah, well, you know. Finally. I was, I was letting you set the template, you know. Um, nice one. You, you, you tagged that one nice. I got to give you credit for that you, one. That was good. You've good been job. a comedian a, a long time. Yeah, the, dude. The degree of difficulty... 
with the way society is getting so hypersensitive, over the years, have you had to adjust on the fly, like during the middle of a show where something was working and now everybody's getting so sensitive, have you had to have a, an adjustment period? Good question. Absolutely. And here's what happened. This was just recently. And I use this. It's actually uh, turned into a bit in my show because it, it literally just occurred in February. But this is, the, this is the, the place that we're in right now. So I'm working at a club in um, Myrtle Beach called the Comedy Cabana. And to my right are uh, three young, you know, about 22, 23-year-olds, two really good-looking young women and handsome young guy, right? So I turn to my right, and, and I love working the crowd. That's my thing. I, I like to work off the cuff. So I turn to, I look and I go, I'm looking at this guy and I'm looking at these two, you know, hot, hot chicks. And I go, dude, I go, you are either the man or you're the man. <laughs> and it, this guy got triggered and he jumped up and he goes, hey, man. He goes, I'm engaged. I said, okay, who's the lucky dude? <laughs> and then you think he, that sent him up. He went, he staged two. The rocket took him like, over. I was like, all right. Relax, settle down, Tinkerbell. It's going to be all right. You know, it's you know, it's not the end of the world. So the way I work is, you know, I bounce around the club and I come back. Everything good over here, Christmas princess? Okay. Keep on going. Come back around. Tag them again. Three minutes left to the show. They all get up and they're putting on their jackets with the overstated histrionics. And they're obviously now, you know, they've had enough and they're leaving. And I look over and I go, you're leaving now? Yes. We've had enough. And I go, hold on a second. There was an MC. There was a feature act. There was a guest spot. I've got three minutes left to almost an hour-long show. And now you're leaving? They go, yes, we can't take it anymore. I will. And get the fuck out. <laughs> and I said, and, and by the way, to the waitress, I said, here's 50 bucks. I tipped her from the stage. I said, if they want their money back, I'll pay for it. And the whole audience was was with me on this. They're like, I get the fuck out. Out they go. <laughs> so the next day I come in, and the the bartender says to me, and this is a female, but, you know, she's been working the club for like 30 years. This is a, yeah. okay? Right. She's got a penis. <laughs> and uh, so she's a tough, she's a, she's a tough. She serves tall ones. Correct. Excellent. Excellent. And she says, <laughs> she goes, yeah, she goes, that, that guy from last night, sobbing at the bar. <laughs> I said, you killed them. I said, what? Well, that's what I thought at first, right? Them. Now, but so my initial response as a human being was, oh, my God. Like, I didn't want to hurt this guy's feelings right, like right. that. And I actually said that in front of her. And she said, fuck him. She said, that's not what set him off. I said, what set him off? As he was walking out all pissed off and full of himself, some drunk walking back in from the bathroom goes, Hey, you're the fag from the show. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, wow. this guy is at the bar. He's ruined. He's like, he's, oh, he's ruined. Oh, oh, oh. He's ruined. Now, here's the PPS to the story. These three were law students. Okay? Could you imagine any one of these three litigating a case for you? If you're being triggered that easily at 23, 24 years old, yeah. if I can set you off in a comedy show that easily right. and you want to have a mind that's going to get involved in law practice, you need to choose another profession. Yeah, I'm picturing a cookie crumbling. But is, yeah. there, is there anything yeah. out of oh, yeah. bounds with comedy, though? Like, 
Look, I'll, I'll share with you personally, right? I'm not a big fan of Bill Maher, and the only reason is I don't believe in religious jokes, right? I don't think you should go towards religion. But I ask you, is are there boundaries as a comedian? Or is everything open subject? That that's Dude, that's, that's your call. Is there any boundary to your imagination? It falls to me. The, the, the question falls into the same category. The answer to that question is a question. Mm. You know, what's out, what's out of bounds for you? I can't, you know, I can't explain that to you. It's only like I, I, I can't read this guy's mind, nor do I want to read this guy's mind. My job is to, or quote unquote, job as a comedian, is to make an audience laugh, and it's one of the few places we can still go to, and stand up on stage and be in agreement as a group on one thing. We all want to have a good time. Right. Right. We all want to laugh. But since when did the hecklers start running the show? Since when did the one douchebag who decided his feelings were hurt get to tell 300 other people mm. that they can't have their fun? Sure. Fuck you. Right. There you go. You know, in the English language, the devil spelled backward is lived and evil spelled backward is live. And the first time someone pointed that out to me, the inference was that all of our devils and evil in life come from backward living. And this time that we're going through right now has been just described by the Mayans. It's been written about in the Bible, and what they haven't told us or you know, added in is that it's always the artists that lead the way. It's always the poets. It's the songwriters. It's the comedians. Look at the people we respect now. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, 11 million views a show, 12 probably. Russell Brand, every time I watch him, there's another 100,000 people because they've gotten tired of, good evening, at 6 o'clock, here now the news, you know, the big square jaw <laughs> and the fucking deep voice, and that's just Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> see, comedy coming at you. I made you look over here, and I went, pow, right in the face. That's, that's how we handle it, though. Yeah. Yes, yeah. would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I well, mean, in the, in the midst of the of 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 all of uh, of this, how would you want? What you you tell me? What's the way out? I come up on stage and go. Well, guess what happened tonight? <laughs> I can't even tell you. I can't go. Come on, cut it out. I can't. There's just death and, death and destruction everywhere. What what do you want me to tell you? The the biggest laughs I've ever had has been at a funeral. And guess what? Funeral wow. is an amateur. Wow. Who put the fun in funeral? Right. Right. First three letters of fun. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. The word funeral is an anagram for real fun. Right. Wow. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's messed up. Right? Yeah. There's all kinds of hints and clues left around in this world. And that's why uh, I got tired of being shut down. I didn't see, can't say I saw this coming. I don't think anybody saw this coming. But cancel culture was erasing the artist's ability to have any kind of conversation at all. Forget about stuff that's taboo. What's over the line? What's normal? What the fuck is normal? The guy that tackled Dave Chappelle on stage in L.A. was had a knife hidden in a gun. <laughs> Who the fuck goes to a concert I don't... to tackle the comedian and hides his knife in a gun. In a gun. Right? Yeah. How did you not find this guy? <laughs> you know, there's the joke. And how come nobody's talking about it? 
pretty shitty metal detector. Too, exactly. Right? <laughs> How like, did what? you got? What do you got there? A knife inside a gun? You're good. To yeah, yeah, you're good. But yeah. do you, do you right. think it's the generation? <laughs> all right, go ahead. Yeah, come on in. Never you mind think that. Now the generation, the social media, everybody wants to be the star, so they find a way to be a star. Right? They're a star on social media. I wonder. Tweeting out nasty stuff or yeah. on Facebook. Do you think? Hey, look, if I can't be rich and famous, I'm going to put myself in a situation where people are going to know my name, hence killing children or attacking Dave Chappelle or whatever. Will Smith slap, getting slapping Chris Rock. In my personal opinion, those are side effects. Mm. Those are the effect. They're not the cause. The cause is much deeper and on a, on a, on a spiritual or ontological level, in my opinion – We've disconnected ourselves from our creator, mm-hmm. and we've, we've come up with all kinds of American idols to worship, and that's, that's what happened. But this is not by accident. Co- somebody once told me that coincidences are small miracles in which God chooses to remain anonymous. There is, this is no coincidence that we are where we are and why we are at this time in our humanity. I can't even say in our history. Because it has happened before. Sure. We've just been mind-fucked with how many times it actually has happened and the severity. And this time, for whatever reason, the, the real guy with the hands on the lever is going, you're not going to be able to miss this one. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to sleepwalk through this one. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody, somebody told me once that the purpose of a dream is to keep the dreamer in the dream. To keep them asleep. And as you start to wake up, here's, here's an unusual thing that happens. Uh, Freud called it uh, dreams of convenience. You know when you start to wake up out of a dream and you'll, some external stimuli will, will occur, you'll hear a phone ringing, you have to go to the bathroom, and you begin to incorporate it into the dream, right? In your dream, you think there's a phone ringing. Mm-hmm. It's actually ringing. We are now in our dream of convenience. Our nightmare is waking us up. We're getting glimpses of reality, but we still have one foot in the dream. I don't know what the reality is going to look like completely, but I think we can all agree. We know what the fucking nightmare is. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. And would you rather be awakened with a chuckle, or would you rather be awakened by somebody sobbing? So, hopefully, guys like me and you, we can wake people up, and when they, go, when they do see, and they're out of the dream, they go, ha, ha, now I see what was going on. Oh, my God, how did I miss that? So, yeah, in the midst of all of this shit that's going on right now, me, you, Chappelle, Rogan, Russell Brand, every comic that takes the stage who has balls, and that includes women. I'm not talking literal. I'm talking about the figure. Well, mm-hmm. now you're going to have a testicle and a vagina, apparently. <laughs> mm. Show me your mangina. If you've got courage, you can stand up and say things like I just said. And too bad if you don't fucking like it. Because it's meant to wake you up. Okay? You don't have to learn these lessons painfully. But, you know, I mean, happy lessons are remembered joyously and uh, practiced gladly. But most people have to learn through pain. And somebody said to me once, and this was a great insight, in this life, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. It's the story you tell yourself. If, you know, if I stub my toe coming in here and broke it, yeah, that hurts. 
But now if I start blaming, you know, the owner of the place because, uh, you know, he, he should have put a warning sign that – actually, that's a good idea. Do you have insurance? <laughs> I'm just thinking about this right now. Can I check your uh, your uh, homeowner's policy? <laughs> the suffering the suffering comes from the stories that we tell ourselves. Okay, so we can we can use the story to stay mired in in the nightmare, or in my opinion, we can use the story to waken up and say, you know, enough, enough. But it's in my opinion, you got to have humor with it. You got to have you, especially now more than ever. Very intelligent, John. Can you tell the fans where they can Thanks. see you? Where they can see you now? <laughs> we're welcoming you to the Indie Music TV family, so we're glad to have you. But where can people see your act? Oh. Uh, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Governor's uh, Comedy Club on uh, Friday the 3rd. Uh, I believe it was one show. It's either 7 or 8 o'clock. Go to govs.com. And then uh, Saturday night, McGuire's, which is right here in Ronkonkoma, gateway to Hapog, uh, right down the road for, from Wanta, which is an Indian word that means no white men. <laughs> See? Humor! Not, comedy! It's not like we listened to or anything. Coming at ya! <laughs> As, yeah, so Friday, Friday, <laughs> Friday Governor's on the 3rd, Saturday the 4th. Uh, McGuire's uh, out here in lovely Ronkonkoma. Uh, go to govs.com. Get yourself tickets. I'll also be working with the very funny Kevin Downey Jr., who is the co-host. How about this segue? Toe-to-toe, common sense conversation for uncommon times. He's my co-host, and uh, that show will be debuting uh, very shortly. Do you have a date or, or a day? That Do we have a date or a day? I have a date, but she got deflated. <laughs> there you go. You see, you see, blows. You say, hey, <laughs> mark the time. Twice he was funny. I can't, on can you show. believe it? I'm stuck, I'm stuck next to two comedians. Ay, ay, ay. This is my nightmare. Oh, okay. <laughs> this well, is my nightmare. What number are we second. up to on Schindler's List? I just want to oh, see, see. Now, there we go again. <laughs> I brought us 10, right back 11. around to it. So, John, oh. we're going to take a quick commercial break. You think you can <laughs> hang in there and talk some wrestling talk with us? Wrestling. Can you co sign alone? I can. All right. What? We'll be right back. I can't go psych shit. See you in a second. <laughs> That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. Jimmy, I got to take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental. Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. Hmm. Elm Logistics. For all your logistic needs, call 631-299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics, pride, performance, and partnerships. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, where we have a special guest, Mr. John Mulrooney. Special. Part, part of the Indie Music TV family. And 
poor John didn't realize he was on a wrestling show, but he is. And so we're going to talk a little wrestling, and John's going to weigh in along with you, Pharaoh. You're having a good old time. I'm loving it. I was just telling everybody on the break, this is my nightmare. I'm stuck between two comedians. Um, well, they're not bad comedians, so that's your... You're yeah, actually both that, very funny. That's your happy dream. You're actually both <laughs> very if, funny. If we were auditioners, you'd be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, we're working. Hello. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can no, I, say, I can't say auditioner? <laughs> no, you can. Right. Wrestler Chris Jericho shares video of Nice being brutally attacked by bullies and demands action from school. Wrestling great Chris Jericho has a shared video of his niece being insensefully bullied and by fellow students and called out school authorities in Florida to take action. Guys, you want to weigh in? In I don't know if you know Chris Jericho. You do weigh in on that, and I'll I'll just start the conversation with: This is a pro wrestler who spends his days beating up people. I understand fakely, but with baseball bats. But now he's offended because his niece is getting the shit kicked out of her. Gentlemen, well, I just want to know if you have any happy stories. <laughs> no, no, it's it's all, it's all. Well, we'll talk about people getting beat up. No, elaborate. <laughs> What are you, what are you going to say to a father who's uh, yeah. who's who someone puts their hand on their daughter? You know, yeah. this this is, again sacred topics that are being you know someone's cra- crashing that gate. Uh, you know, in my opinion, we need a little bit more of uh, the, the cops l- looking the other way and letting d- dad mm. go do what he what he's got to do. Mm. You know, sure. I, I got to tell you, you guys know I'm a part. Uh, I'm a police officer. Sure. In my in my other life. And thank you for your service. Thank by you. The way. And thank you for yours. I heard you were a combat veteran. Thank you. That's yeah. Uh, I got kicked out of high school. Thank me too. Yeah, thank, thank you for not graduating. Because you You're really, welcome. you really. Oh, kept... You just found your opening act, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Farrell. Yeah. Please. You've, you've, you've kept the level of the show right where we need it to there, be. There we go. Yeah. We I go. can't even spell G E D. Does it start with an E? No, it's spelled. A, it's a, I got a GED <laughs> hanging on my wall. Do uh, you know people? Uh, People are, or have been, you know, you know, you notice we're running through cycles with all, with the news and with who we're going to blame next and all this other bullshit. So mm. the cops, they've seen to have, in, to some degree, cooled off on police and now they're hyper-focusing on, on our guns, which in my opinion is all on purpose to keep us distracted from what, what's really going on. But that's, well, maybe we'll get to that in a second. But my point is this, the one, I don't want to even call it a tool. The one thing that we have as police officers that most people don't realize is discretion when it comes to, quote-unquote, enforcing the law. We don't have to arrest people that obviously break a law. Believe it or not, we have discretion. Okay. I have, and I'm going to say this, I'm probably going to get in trouble, but you know what? This is one of those places where I don't give a shit. I have pulled over many people. That uh, were obvious should not have been drinking for should not have been driving for numbers of reasons, and I went old school on them, pulled them out of the vehicle, got them a driver or got the car towed home, okay. brought them back home, took their keys, followed up the next day, and get and read them the riot act. That is within my purview to do that. Everybody that wants to think that they're a police officer and they want the video and they want you to do this, and, and that's just one example of discretion. And they know it. Listen, you're taking police officers' discretion away from their ability to deal with you on the street as a human being. 
the the Constitution says that the law is to be used equally amongst all people. So if I have equal discretion with everybody, it means that I catch the one person that might have had one too many at the party and made a bad decision to drive home, and I take them home and bring that car back. Then I find the chronic alcoholic, and I slam that person with a felony DUI because they had a 15-year-old in the car. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. That was my call. Right. And, I, and I'll stand by it. They were good calls. But the public is being robbed right now because every cop that I know of is scared shitless to make a decision uh, that's going to maybe get them jammed up. They're all afraid of losing their jobs. And guess who's suffering? That's right. You guys watching. Agreed. You guys watching right now are suffering. You have no idea what we deal with as police officers on a daily basis. And I'm looking right at the camera, and some of you scumbags know who I'm talking about. <laughs> talking to the two guys at the desk. No, I'm like, <laughs> but, uh, but <laughs> yeah, they take. But back back to the subject at hand on the bullying. Here you have a very famous professional wrestler whose niece is getting a shit kicked out of her, and he's going to Twitter and posting the video. 802 Blue says out there, bullying was part of life growing up. It's either you deal with it or do something about it. I mean, what happened to today's society? You can't stand up for yourself. You need your famous wrestler to go post Twitter. I mean, bullying, Pharaoh? Well, as you know, I wasn't exactly Captain Popular back in school. I was more of a backhaul kid. I was not part of the football team. And uh, I dealt with a, quite a bit of bullying growing up till I basically picked up a chair and threw it at somebody. And all of a sudden, the bullying stopped. Now, I'm not recommending that, by the way, for you folks at home who are having problems. But uh, for me, it was like, all right, that's enough of this shit. What I will say, though, is, is in this particular case, what's going on with Jericho's uh, niece, I do believe, oh, and I, I'll ask you, John, is the, is the schooling system intimidated themselves that this sort of bullying happens? Like, I think this attack was on the school property or right outside of it. Or, like, is the principal and the teachers almost afraid to even get involved? I'm sorry. We need to make a correction. Do you mean the indoctrination system? Yeah, the indoctrination. Yes. yes. Because it's not an education system. And to okay. your point... My opinion. After what they did with me, I agree. Go and, ahead. And to your point about the bullying, I wouldn't say that it's okay. I'm not behind a guy getting on there and saying, I'm going to, you know, I'm bigger and better and I'm going to kick your ass. But I will say this. I've been bullied. Who hasn't been bullied? Sure. Okay? Sure. And your own worst bully, let's get back to what we were saying earlier, is right here in your head. Oh, if kidding. anyone in the street said to you what you say to yourself, you would have them arrested. But you say it to yourself. And guess what happens? This is how life works. Mm. What shows up in your life? A person, place, or thing that reflects the things you were saying to yourself. Mm. So the bully shows up, and like you said, at some point, you get up, you throw the chair, or you throw the punch, or you stand your ground, and what happens? Something miraculous. Yeah. You grow the fuck up, mm -hmm. and you find your power. Right. Dino Luzzi energy drinks. Find your <laughs> right, but how many great lessons did the bully teach you? We can't bully the bullies to the extent and make them the scapegoat. Right. Okay, they're just the, in my opinion, okay. they're the symbol of a much bigger, uh, of a, a, a much larger issue. Mm -hmm. And bullies serve a purpose. I'm not saying we should let them get away with it. But when you – I remember the day, too, when I finally stood up and I said – I was probably seven, eight years old. I got tired of getting my ass kicked, and I said to myself, no more. 
now because of conditioning and habituation for a while it kept on going but only for a while mm -hmm. and the, the few times i stood my ground as scared as i was and squared off with the bullies something strange happened the bullies even when they were with their buddies saw me coming and suddenly decided to go the other way because they know they knew that the little kid that lived over at 15 veronica place wasn't going to lay down and take a beating Mm. That they might get hit back a couple mm -hmm. of times. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it, it changed. Everything changed. So, I, again, I'm not endorsing bullying, but to, to, to outright say, you, you, you know, we, bullying is the problem. That is not the problem. Learning to stand up for yourself is the problem. And, and back to the other point we were making earlier, this to me also has is, is a spiritual issue in that we got disconnected from the wisdom, the self-inner wisdom that teaches and guides all of us. We have been disconnected from that for at least a generation at this point, and it's been, it's been slowly being cut off, and now here, he is, here we are finally where we don't know what to do. Nobody knows what to do, but the answer has not left its source. It's right here. It's still right here. You just got to get quiet and find it. I was thinking heckling, and of course to the experienced comedian, this may not be the case, but heckling to me, if you're an up-and-coming comedian who's still not sure of himself and learning his craft, heckling could actually be very intimidating in a form of bullying. Do you relish hecklers? Do you, do you feed off hecklers as an experienced comedian? Or did it take you time to adjust to this pathetic form of alcoholic bullying, in my opinion, what a heckler kind of, kind of wants to be? The big shot, I mean... I feed, I feed off not so much the hecklers. I feed off the fun hecklers because there are people that come out that, like the, like the one I told you about earlier, there's nothing he's going to do that throw at me that, that's going to take me off my guard. Mm -hmm. But then there are people that get it and go with the flow of the show instead of this guy, you know, getting up and demanding that we do it his way and leaving. There is a rule in improv improvisational comedy which is pretty basic, and every improv comic knows this. You cannot deny, if you and I are doing an improv scene on stage, and I say, hey, give me a second, because i got to walk through this, uh, uh, this, this door over here, and you say to me, that, that, there's no door there. You just walked me into a wall. You have to be able to say, well, be careful, because on the other side of that door, there's a rickety staircase that co goes over a moat, and there's alligators in the moat, and you might fall in. Now we're going somewhere. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. can't deny so that's rule number one. Don't deny. Uh, if, even if a heckler wants to, uh, you know, challenge you, the, the, the key to it is don't drop a wall in front of him and go, dude, you say that one more time, I'm having you thrown out. You don't deliver ultimatums to, to, to people like that. You give them an idea and a way out and let them think it's theirs, right, or mm -hmm. share it with them. You know, like the, the, the classic line is, like, and, this, and this is how most comics will get around stuff like this. Somebody will be in the audience, and they're heckling, and they're going back and forth and back and forth. And finally, a comic will go, all right, dude, 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 all right, listen, truce, okay? Let, let's call a truce. I'm going to buy you a drink, okay? You wanna buy, and they always say yes. You wanna, okay, I'm going to get you a drink. A waitress, 
Vinegar and water for the douchebag. <laughs> right? So this is – and then they realized they walked into the joke. And, you know, the, the crowd gets it. You get it. You, were, you offered the olive branch, and then you hit them with the powder puff. And that's, and that's how you get through it and get around it. That's good. That's a good approach. All right, more wrestling news. Jimmy Smith believes that WWE wanted to get ahead of Sasha Bank and Naomi's narrative on the latest Unlocking the Cage podcast, a WWE announcer. Jimmy Smith gave a reason why the WWE announced the suspension. The rumor I had heard that the days of social media and performers themselves can spin their own narrative. Nowadays, if the Ultimate Warrior got cut and people know the story and he ran to the back, it is immediately fired by Vince and made his demands. The ultimate warrior would have picked up his phone, recorded something on Instagram, and said, fuck Vince McMahon. So basically on this, John, just to give you so you and Farrell can go back and forth on it, Naomi and Sasha Banks are very huge stars for the world wrestling entertainment. Some of the top female wrestlers. They did not like the storyline that was given to them. They decided they were going to walk out, and they breached their contract. And TV, the world basically. of wrestling is very upset, and the WWE's gone on their programming to say how unprofessional these two are and have suspended them. Farrell first, thoughts on, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, Naomi and Sasha Banks, and then John being a police officer, a comedian, yeah. your thoughts on walking out on your contract. Yeah, walking out on uh, six-figure to seven-figure deals. You get paid a fortune to wear underwear and bounce around the ring, uh, holding off on hurting people for, you know, as real as possible. Uh, You were tag team champions, and uh, you didn't like that you were in the main event because you didn't like the way the result was going to be. You sissies. What the hell is wrong with you two? You are getting paid a fortune to be professional wrestlers. You have a life that so many people wrestling in high schools trying to become wrestlers would kill for. You're making a fortune, and you're mad at Vince McMahon because you've got to put people like Becky Lynch or Ronda Rousey over? What made you better than them anyway? This is wrestling. Go with the script. They suck. That's my take. Well, yeah, my definition of tag team champs is probably different than yours. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> that was a DVD I had once when I was, <laughs> when I was 23. Hey, hey, I'm kind of on the same page you are, you know. Okay. You, you, listen, you, you knew what you signed up for. Yeah. Knock it off. Yeah. Cut off the nonsense. Yeah. You, you knew what you signed up for. This is what you – maybe it's a stunt. You think so? It, I'm just it's saying. It's wrestling after all. That, Hello? <laughs> you think? Huh? Huh? Inspector Clouseau, is that your dog? It's not my dog. He doesn't bite. I, 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 if, dude, it's like, it's like the comic that, that uh, you know, that, that won't go on. Or, or what was it? No, Van Halen that wouldn't go on if there weren't green M&Ms in the oh, bowl. Oh, that's right. Or whatever they didn't that want a certain m M&M. and Oh, the yes. brown ones. They didn't want the brown whatever ones. Whatever it was. You, you knew what it was when you signed up. <laughs> Knock off your nonsense. Yeah, I, I did, really? the only wrestling story I, I, I have is I, I I did get to work with Jesse Ventura once. Oh really? Great. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good timing. Really, might as well tell the story because yeah, it's a very Jesse, hard subject around here. Is it? <laughs> it's not oh like God. Jesse will be around to tell it, so you tell it. <laughs> tell me the Jesse Ventura. Hi Jesse. Oh, <laughs> did I say something I wasn't supposed to? No, no, no it's fine. Oh, oh wait, he doesn't care. Jesse He's just was baiting us. Jesse <laughs> was supposed to be in studio about two weeks ago. It was a big ordeal. Yeah, we got Vandals food and everything. We had food. We had a big event planned. Yeah. And he no-showed the event. So. Yeah. Well, that's that because he was the governor of Minnesota. <laughs> yes. So what was your experience with Mr. Jesse? In, in 1988, I took over the uh, the Late Show from Joan Rivers, and uh, right. he was scheduled to be one of the guests. 
and I knew his history as uh, as a Navy SEAL. Yeah. And I had just read the book uh, Rogue Warrior by Richard Marcinko about the creation of, of, of SEAL Team 6. A- at the time, it was, there was only one, but they called it SEAL Team 6 to infer that we got five more of these. They didn't. So I read the book, and I was fascinated by it, and he, I, I, I believe he was referenced in it. And I, I had made s- some kind of a connection because I'm a gun guy. A predator had just come out. And I said to him, dude, what was that thing you were firing? In- this was off camera. What's that thing you were firing in, in Predator? I said, it looked like a helicopter minigun with Gatling an M60. Gun. It was yeah. a Gatling gun. At, with an M60 yeah. uh, uh, shoulder hel- stock. Yeah, helicopter Gatling gun. Yeah, and he goes, he goes you really know your weapons. <laughs> and so I said, can we talk about your, your time in the SEALs? It was the only time anyone ever used that corny fucking line, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Really? And he meant it. Mm. You, you know, well, you're a veteran. There are those guys mm. who, uh, women too probably now, mm. they, they, they look at you and they go, yeah, I can tell you, but you're going to die. And, he, and, 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 I knew, and then it was three, two, one, you're on! And I'm like, oh, this guy's going to kill me. Mm. <laughs> but that was, uh, that, he, was the, he was the only guy that had that look. I knew he was... A, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, this guy's a killer. Well, that, that's literally a guy who's lived life, right? Navy SEAL, governor. actor, yep. pro wrestler, governor. I mean, you can't really – I mean, if someone lived a life, that, that is the guy. Did you, ever, sure. did you ever hear him say – when he, he told this story about when he uh, was elected governor. I guess he was such a, a, a long shot. He got pulled in by some members of the three-letter agency. And they grilled him, and I guess he's a military guy, so he went along with it. They grilled him for hours asking him how he won, uh, which was probably an indicator as to how we're in the situation we're in right now. Hello, 2,000 mules. There you go. And and he basically, uh, without revealing everything, because he's still a military guy, told him some of it and basically told him to go pound salt, from what I understand. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that story, but that's yeah. I, I had never heard that story, but you, but you do bring up an interesting point that our, our leaders of the country are the actors of the past, which is a which is really a legitimate problem. From Schwarzenegger to Ventura, you know. Did you know Schwarzenegger's father was a member of the SS? I had no idea. He's a, a member of the SS, and I'm not kidding. You can go track this down. Guess what his nickname was? What? The Terminator. <laughs> oh God. I am Dude, not I'm kidding. Getting a very uneasy feeling here, His, really. Schwarzenegger's wow. father was a member of the SS, a highly respected member of and the SS. And they called him the Terminator. Are, are things starting to look look a little clearer now? To scary. Some people? To are, are you chocolate. starting to wake up now? Well, now that you're enlightening us, again, tell the fans where they oh, could see wow. you and then where you're going to appear on the indie music TV channel on your upcoming show. Well, now I'm scared because I think I probably pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> So I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to be. Give me your address. (laughs) June 3rd, Governor's Friday, one show. The bomb squad will be there, by the way. That's the protection. I I am allowed to carry in 50 states, so if you come at the stage, we're going to have a problem. Not not in Ron Konkuma. (laughs) Ron Konkuma, gateway to Hapog. Hub of culture, by the way. Armpit of culture? Hub of culture. Uh. On the 4th, I'm going to be at McGuire's uh, right here in lovely Ronkonkoma. Uh, uh, I lost a tooth trying to pronounce it. <laughs> Ron, uh, Ron, I, I ran my cock on my, 
<laughs> Kevin Downey Jr. will be on the show with me. He is the co-host of our new show called Toe to Toe. It's common sense conversation in uncommon times. Much like what you guys are doing with a little wrestling thrown in, it's a little bit more of what we need. A little, we like to call it entertainment, right. so we can we nice. can re- help hopefully retrain the indoctrinated. That you guess what, we still have the option to live in a free country. Wake up! Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine that. that Imagine that. A wonderful world. This well, I know what we're looking forward to. We're going to take a quick commercial break where we're going to finish up the show with Head to Head. and uh, Oh, no. Cut you guys out as we're almost running out of time. And, John, thank you for joining us. What an honor. Thank, thank you, Thank you, you for joining thank the Indie you. Music thank TV you. family. We'll be right back, guys. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. B-E-N-B-U-I-E-34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Tell him Wolfie sent you. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto excellence. Collision specialist. 631-261-6420. That's 631 631- Two six one six four two zero Auto Excellence. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. We're going to finish up the show with what we call Head to Head, where we put yeah. one All wrestler right. against another. Yeah, you sprung this one on me, but go ahead. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling for the heavyweight championship of the world. Are you ready? Wrestling fans, are you Champions of Usos against the Rock and Roll Express. Farrell, do I explain the rules this real is, quick? It's going to be Let's have at it. Yeah, sure, if I can remember them. Uh, category one, I do believe, would be Mike Skills. 
basically uh, what's your gift on the magic uh, mic there? Can you, uh, you know, get the audience engaged or do you basically uh, reach for the, for the NyQuil? Uh, second category, I, and correct me when I fuck up, uh, is mat skills. What sort of wrestler are you? Are you a uh, limited kind or can you go like, you know, the uh, our Broadway? Uh, topic three is my favorite back at a baseball card. How many belts have you won? What have you done in this business as far as the, the, the resume? How many championships? Yada, yada, yada. That's the back of the baseball card. Uh, four is uh, impact on the industry, one of our things here, Mike. Yeah. Uh, you know, what kind of uh, footprint did you leave there in the sand? Or uh, did you basically uh, leave no footprint and you suck? Okay, and uh, what's the, the last it factor, right? The last one's the it factor, right? I mean, do, do you have Hulk Hogan charisma? Or do you have, uh, I don't know, give me somebody boring. And don't say me! Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, Frankie Williams. Are you Frankie Williams? There you go. I love Frankie, but sorry, Frankie. So there it is. Head to head. We're going to take uh, these two and see what we get. All right. So we've got the Rock and Roll Express, <sighs> NWA Tag Team Champions. Sure. Right? Nine times, I think. Right? And yeah. they win a few other belts along the they way. They've won a ton of belts along the way. They are one of the greatest tag teams in the history of this business. So, yeah. and then you have the Usos, who are Ooh. the unified... Ooh. Who are, to are today's wrestling entertainment champions? Yeah, basically the most uh, successful team around today. So, Mike Skills. This is really interesting because the Usos are great on the mic, but Ricky Morton's amazing on the mic. But so Robert Gibson was. That's why I have to give it to the Usos, and that's painful. I'm gonna have to agree with you because on that. one Ricky Morton's probably better than both Usos, but that's not fair. But then both Usos <laughs> are better than one Robert Gibson. That's not fair. I love Robert Gibson, but I kind of understand what you're getting at. So, so we both we go both go. We have to give it to we'll the Usos. Usos. Yeah, that's rough, man. That All hurts. Right. That Matt hurts. skills. Okay, the, the Usos are excellent, but let's be realistic. In in the day. They were, they were at the absolute top of the mountain for tag team style in ring wrestling. I'm going with Rock and Roll Express. I have to. And the fact that they're still doing it, let me see the Usos do what they're doing right now when they're 70. Or getting close to 70. Sorry, guys, I'm not sure the exact number of your age. I'm going to have Even though you were on the show. I'm going to go with the Usos on this because of the size of the Usos. I can understand. Against a smaller Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, it's rough. So I've got a 2-0. I got got 2-0 Usos, 1-1. Yeah, I've got to give it to Rock and Roll Express. It's painful either way. Both of these categories have been very close. Back of the baseball card. Oh. That's, That's impossible for me. I'm doing what I, I hate doing it. I'm dumb, dumb calling it a draw. It's sure. one, one, one. Because the Usos, let's face it, whether you like the old school or the new school, it's irrelevant. The Usos have been the dominant tag team basically for the decade, last decade with Vince. And we know that for a good 10 year run when they were winning all their NWA world titles, Rock and Roll Express was doing the same thing. So to me, I'm going to call it a draw. I'm going to go with Painful. Rock and Roll Express on that. Nine okay. tag team champions, innovators in the, in the business, won the NWA title not but just a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, can't disagree with what you're saying, but right. I'm going to give the slight edge because I'd say unifying the tag team champions and numerous times the Usos have won it right. almost equals the Rock and Roll Express. Right. But I'm going to give the slight edge to Rock and Roll Express at a two-one while you have one-one-one. Right. Next so, one. Well, so where are we now? I'm I'm already forgetting categories. Mike skills, Matt skills, yeah. back in the baseball. Okay, uh, impact on the industry. That goes that goes to the Rock and Roll Express. That goes to the Rock and Roll Express. Everything we have today, as far as a lot of these high-flying tag teams, which is what the Usos are, come from. Yeah, I'm going with the Rock and Roll Express. And don't forget something else. Rock and Roll Express paved their own way. Some of the greatest portions of the Usos' career have been an additive to Roman Reigns. 
So I'm going with Rock and Roll Express on that one. So now you've got it. 2 one, one. Two, one, one. To Rock, the and, Rock Roll and Roll Express. Express. Yep. I'm going to go with uh, that to the Rock and Roll Express. So you got 2-2. Two, two. We've got a 2 I've got a 2-2. Two, two. And i got a 2-1-1. One, one. Now we finish up with what we call the it factor. I'm going, you know, this this sucks because Ricky Morton, again, I go back to Ricky Morton. In fact, Ricky Morton's got more in factor than both the Osos. Window. This is rough. So when, wait, I, I agree with you on Ricky Morton, but the window of Ricky Morton. Yeah. Small, seven-month run with Flair yeah. by himself. Yeah. When the did Rock one of the Osos ever do Rock that? and Roll Express was huge. How many people yeah. they sold out. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going with the Rock and Roll Express. Wow, so the Rock and Roll Express yeah, man. Have defeated the Yes, Usos. they have. Yes, they have. How, what do you say? It was two to two. What do you go with? I'm going with the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, man. How could we not? It's hard for me to go against the bloodline. Oh, me too. But, but we've got to be realistic about so these things. So we agree. The Rock and Roll Express yep. defeat the Usos. Yep. Hail and the uh, Hail not the a bad setup for head-to-head. I hope yeah. you guys enjoyed that. that. Rough. Uh, yeah, I want to thank... Uh, John, for joining us. Don't forget that John is starting his show, Toe to Toe. What did he say? On Wednesdays. Is that when we're going to see him? Excellent. So it should be fun, and uh, you really should open it. So, Mr. John (laughs) Not opening for John. You should open John Mulrooney. Might open my fly, but I'm not opening. locally, which I think we should catch. We should actually go catch and heckle him. I'm not heckling him. I'd be French toast within a minute. Fuck that. You should heckle him. You heckle him. I'm not doing it. All right, I want to thank everybody for oh joining Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Again, I want to thank Jared for running the board Spidey. as usual. Uh, you can catch Monty DeFaro on the Monty DeFaro YouTube page, Monty DeFaro Facebook Live page. Here's on the Monty DeFaro iHeartRadio page, Spotify, Anchor TV, Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 and every Saturday at 11.30 and Tuesday at... 1 a.m. on nice. Channel 20. Nice. Farrow, any parting words? Real quick, before you send yeah. your parting words, Farrow, I want to yeah, thank yeah, everybody yeah. in the house. J. Will, 802, Maria. Maria, shout out to Maria Davis. Maria. This is someone I respect. I know you respect uh, Every her. Everybody respects her. We got fact. She wrote me and said, look, she loves the show, mm-hmm. but uh, she didn't believe in Tony, and she okay. didn't feel she could watch that show. That's fine. And I give her... That's that's, 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 that's called funny. being an adult, respectful, and sure. I have a lot of respect for Absolutely. that lady. Phil, Absolutely. always great to see you. What's up, Phil? Who else we got? Davio in the house. Davio, Davio the man. How are you, man? Davio. Jay Will, Chris Lee. Hello, How's mate. it going, Australia? Hello, he went with the Rock and Roll Express. There you go. Uh, there let's you see go. who else is here. We got Maureen, who is really not Maureen. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike Messier in the house. <laughs> Wait a minute. Mike what? Messier, the angry AEW apologist. Yeah. He, he no longer does a show on the network what happened? anymore. He's know. not angry anymore? He got fired. Oh, did he? Yeah, he went with Jeff. Go join Jeff on the fired Holy list. Anyway, Farrow, any final que- any final questions? I don't, I don't have any questions. Or oh, answers. by the way, Don the Barber says Rip Ray Liotta. Oh, yes, yeah. Don Rip Ray Liotta. Oh, it absolutely. A sad day today. And by the way, the drummer of Yes just died. No, also. no, 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 no. Wait a minute, Buford. Yes. Oh. All right. Ow. Parting words. Gee, thanks for that uh, parting uh, last thing there, um, folks. Stay safe. Oh, Be well. Don't go anywhere. Mike is, Mike is looking for something I got a, as I, I got say. A test question for Jared. You have a what? Jared, I've got. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, three twenties here, <laughs> or a stack of hundred dollar bills. Which one do you want? 
I'll take the hundred for sure. Oh, oh Jared! Really? Oh, you, <laughs> Jared! All right then. This is Monopoly money, Jared. You now you blow it. <laughs> you can't take your you girl blow out of McDonald's. What is going on? This is not good, Jared. All right, Farrell. Final words. Ah, uh, well, I tell you what. Jarrett, we'll try to pass one of these off at the restaurant later after the show. Guys, thanks a lot for tuning in. Be safe, be well. We love you all. And until next week, this has been Monty and the Pharaoh. Later.